Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the Visitor's Edition of the Michigan Man. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Joining us in a moment will be the radio play-by-play voice of Western Michigan football, Robin Hook. Before that, though, my view from Section 17. Right now, it feels like a five-day hangover for Michigan fans. It's still hard to shake what happened in South Bend on Saturday night. We waited eight months to see changes implemented in the offense, and for most of us, other than Shea Patterson, there didn't seem to be much difference. I guess the older I get, the harder it is to bounce back from those losses. It's been a decade of struggle and mediocrity for Michigan football. Not every year, but most of them. This Saturday in the stadium, the Jumbotron will show us great Michigan moments from the past. And I enjoy those. But we need to start making new memories. Present day highlight material. I fear that we are losing a generation of Michigan fans who have come to accept that this is the way it is and going to be. On social media, it has been nasty since Saturday night. I can understand the frustration, but it doesn't do much good. My dauber, it's down right now, and I'm hoping that is not the case with the team. Western Michigan lost to Syracuse in a wild one over the weekend and showed they have a lot of talent on offense with a defense that does have some issues. Gone are the days, though, when you can take a MAC team lightly. I know I've heard this all week. It's Western, so come on. Yes, it's Western a team that landed six guys in the NFL from last year's roster, a team that many observers feel is the best in the MAC, and a team that relishes this kind of opportunity. Based on last week's performance, this isn't a walkover. We have to bring it and start showing something on offense. Robin Hook has been behind the microphone for over 30 years calling Western Michigan football. He's seen the lean years, the big ones recently under P.J. Fleck, and he has high hopes for Tim Lester and his Western program. He says the Broncos will not be intimidated playing in the big house. He joins me next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
with us on our visitor segment this week as we get ready for the home opener is Western Michigan Radio play-by-play voice Robin Hook. It's good to have you back with us, Robin. Thanks for having me. Well, it's been seven years since we last chatted and since these two teams have met. In that time, the Broncos really entered the national spotlight with a trip to the Cotton Bowl after the 2016 season. Lost a close one to Wisconsin there. But overall, it's been a really good seven-year stretch of Bronco football, hasn't it? really has. You know, he uh, had a coaching change back uh, after the 2013 season. P.J. Fleck came in, and uh, after uh, a rough first season, things picked up, went to a bowl game. Following year, went to another bowl game and won the first bowl game in Western Michigan history when they defeated uh, Middle Tennessee at the Bahamas Bowl. So after back-to-back eight-win seasons, the Broncos went into 2016 with a veteran team, and uh, and it really showed as they just motored through the season, defeated Northwestern and Illinois early in the year to uh, get off to a great start, and then ran the table in the Mid-American Conference, played Ohio in the MAC Championship game, 50,000 Bronco fans at Ford Field for that one as Western Michigan uh, won the MAC title, and then as uh, an undefeated uh, Group of Five team, got the New Year's Six Bowl game, and really after a tough uh, first quarter against Wisconsin, played the Badgers pretty much even up the rest of the way and uh, fell in the end. But it was a tremendous season, kind of a storybook season, hosting game day on campus yeah. in Kalamazoo was really special, and uh, that was a lot of fun then. Of course, P.J. moved on to Minnesota. Tim Lester comes in, a Hall of Famer here at Western Michigan, uh, an alum who uh, is an outstanding football coach and just went through a rugged season of 21 injuries that resulted in uh, losing a lot of really good players throughout the year for the year, and uh, including starting quarterback John Wasink, who was injured in the Eastern Michigan game. Uh, with four games to go. So I had to play a true freshman at quarterback the rest of the way and ended up in a six and six season. But uh, all those injured guys are back or most of them are back and uh, ready to participate in on offense. Broncos really showed up on Friday night against Syracuse, put 621 yards on an ACC defense and came up short, but uh, I think there are high hopes for this team. Well, as you said, it was a quite a run with P.J. Fleck and Tim Lester coming back to his alma mater now with one year under his belt. P.J. was a great recruiter, no doubt about it, uh, at Western, and he's doing a, you know, a great job at Minnesota, of course. But as far as the caliber of recruits that Coach Lester is uh, bringing in now or has, uh, is uh, getting commitments from, has there been any drop-off there? Not at all. In fact, uh, it's been even better. If you look at the rating per player in the recruiting class that he brought in, last December. It was the highest rated recruiting class in the history of the Mid-American Conference, and uh, that's saying something. After his first recruiting class, he only had two weeks left to recruit uh, that first year after uh, P.J. left and uh, had several of those guys that were committed go with him to Minnesota. Tim did an outstanding job with just two weeks to recruit and then had a whole recruiting cycle to go through here the next year, and uh, the guys that he brought in was the highest rated class in mid-american conference history when you look at the player ranking of each individual player so he's brought in some outstanding players and they're contributing right out of the gate uh two freshmen on offense played and had outstanding games chase brown is a running back who had a really good game and then uh, 
young man named Jaden Reed is going to be a really exciting player. He had a big day receiving against the Syracuse Orange. Uh, he was second on the team in receptions and had 121 yards on his first career touchdown in his first career game. So those are just two of a group of freshmen that uh, are what we believe a really exciting group. Well, as you mentioned, that season opener against Syracuse didn't go quite the way Broncos fans uh, would like at home there in Kalamazoo. That was a wild one, wasn't it, Robin? <laughs> it really was. <laughs> as, uh, Syracuse has a great quarterback, as everyone knows. Eric Dungey is a dual threat. He can run. He can throw. He just does it all, and he's just a fiery competitor. And Broncos have a lot of new pieces on defense and they were trying to adjust to getting this guy stopped because you can't really mm-hmm. replicate that in practice. And uh, so he kind of had his way there in the first half and then he got injured and uh, they took him out of the game for a while. And then in the second half, Western Michigan just, you know, they just started clicking on offense and the Broncos have some real speed that uh, it's it's significant, and Syracuse had a hard time matching it. Running back Levante Bellamy had a big run for a touchdown, finished with over 100 yards. And D. Wayne Eskridge, who's a junior wide receiver, had a 240-yard game with a couple of touchdowns and some big catches, and he was the Mac West Offensive Player of the Week for his performance. So he got behind the Syracuse defense, and Wasink was able to find him, and and uh, the Broncos scored four third-quarter touchdowns yeah. and got right back in the game. Let's talk about some of these uh, offensive pieces we're going to see uh, at the Big House on Saturday, Robin. Quarterback John Wasink, as you mentioned, out last year with the injury, 19 of 36 in the opener, three TDs, two picks. Talk about John and what kind of a quarterback he is. He's a really calm guy. He's not a big, fiery quarterback like uh, in the mold of Eric Dungey. He's a little bit different. He goes about it a little different way, but uh, he gets the job done. And he took his first snap as a college quarterback at the L.A. Coliseum last September against the USC Trojans, and that was the first time he'd ever played in a game, and uh, he did really well. And then in the Michigan State game, he uh, you know, was still growing pains, but then as the season moved along last year, he was one of the top passers of the Mid-American Conference in terms of accuracy. He's a really accurate quarterback, had a high completion percentage, and then in the Eastern Michigan game, he broke his collarbone and missed the last four games of the season. But he was really starting to come on. And uh, as he got the playing time throughout uh, September and October a year ago, then the injury hit and he was out. But uh, he benefited from that, and it showed in his first game. And he was uh, right on target. He was 19 of 36, and there was probably, I, I think, four or five drop balls that he put right on the money that weren't caught. So. Uh, his percentage would have been even better than that. But he threw for 379 yards and three touchdowns. He's a really good quarterback, and I'm excited to see him uh, progress here. I haven't been able to see a lot of him, Robin, but what I liked about him is he slides really nice moves in the pocket, really nice. He only had two carries the other night, but he looks like he's got some some nice wheels and evades pressure really well. He does. He can scramble a little bit. Uh, He can run with the football. I think they're going to be a little more careful in that regard, running him because, Mm -hmm. you know, injuries happen and uh, when you're running quarterback you really have that uh, to deal with so I think they want to keep him healthy Uh, he's got a great offensive line in front of him Uh, I don't think it's even a question that Western Michigan has the best offensive line in the Mid-American Conference I mean 
They rushed for over 200 yards a game last year behind these guys, and they're all back except for Tuxacorfors with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, it's a really good offensive line. You've got uh, John Kenoy at center who's played, started 38 of 39 games as a Bronco, and, and then Luke Jariga, one of the guard spots, he's going to play in the National Football League. Jalen Moore is at a, one of the tackle spots. He moves into that starting lineup, replacing a core four, and then everybody else up there is back, and they really are too deep on the offensive line. They have guys that they can rotate in that would be starting for virtually every other American conference team. So it's a really deep and talented offensive line, and that's where the Broncos hang their hat right now. Well, Levante Bellamy, you mentioned his name. Jamari Brogan are uh, the two most experienced backs for Western. They had 17 carries between them the other night. Talk about them and uh, what kind of runners they are. Jamari is a uh, powerful, he's, he's small in, in height, but he's really strong. His lower body is really, really strong. He was the New Jersey Gatorade Player of the Year in high school and uh, redshirted his first year here, but uh, came on strong as a redshirt freshman, was the MAC freshman of the year, was the most valuable player in the Bahamas Bowl when he scored four touchdowns. Really talented young man, but he's even a better person off the field. He does so much in the community, outstanding young man, and he's a really good football player too. But he was injured last year and missed the last few games with an injury, and so did Levante Bellamy, and uh, uh, both of those guys are back. Bellamy brings the speed. He's he's the guy who can just break away speed and run away from people. He runs a 4-3-3, and he's the fastest on the team, and uh, D. Eskridge is not far behind, and those guys showed their speed against Syracuse the other night, and uh, hopefully they stay healthy and have uh, really, really good seasons. Wide receiving core has, as you've mentioned, a lot of talent and a lot of speed. Top five guys back from last year. Drake Harris transferred over from Michigan. He's uh, now in the mix. Dwayne Eskridge had eight grabs against Syracuse, and you mentioned Jaden Reed, what a talent he is. He had seven. This is a darn good group, isn't it, Robin? really are. And uh, you know who uh, Jaden Reed reminds me of? Antonio Brown, who came out of the Mid-American Conference. Oh, yeah. He's a star with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He reminds me a lot of that guy. And, uh, you know, if he can have any kind of performance or uh, career like uh, Antonio Brown did at uh, <laughs> yeah. Central Michigan, uh, the Bronco fans are in for a treat because he is really electric. He handled all the punt returns. He's a sure-handed young man for a freshman. And after uh, he got through the first half when he had a couple of missed assignments, uh, they started to find him, and he started to settle down in the middle of the Syracuse secondary and made some big plays, and uh, he's going to be a lot of fun for Bronco fans to watch here the next four years. Well, Michigan fans, of course, uh, have been wondering about Drake Harris. He just uh, could not get healthy his entire time here at uh, Michigan. How has he fit in so far? What a quality young man. He's from West Michigan. Mm -hmm. He went to high school uh, in Grand Rapids, and uh, he's just an outstanding young man. The Bronco fans are happy that he's here, and brings that uh, size on the outside that uh, Western Michigan hasn't had since Corey Davis. Corey was a 6'3", 6'4", wide receiver, same with Drake. And um, he caught his first pass in the second half against Syracuse. They tried to get it to him a couple of times and uh, weren't able to connect, but uh, he's going to be a valuable addition out there. Keyshawn Watson, the top returning wide receiver from last year, wasn't able to go. He's nursing a minor injury that uh, – should uh, 
have him back in the lineup here in the next week or so. And he'll add uh, more to that uh, wide receiver core go along with Eskridge and Harris and uh, another young man named Jalen Hall from the Detroit area who redshirted last year, who's a very talented young man. And then throw Keyshawn in there. They have a lot of weapons for John Washington to throw to. Well, for Michigan fans, Robin, that don't get to see Western play, talk about the, the offensive philosophy or style, what kind of a, an attack we're going to see Saturday against Michigan's defense. Coach Lester would like to be a balanced attack, and they really tried to run the football at the start of the, of the Syracuse game, and Syracuse really loaded up the front and didn't allow them to run the football. So uh, in the second half, they decided, and, and trailing 34-7 at halftime, they just decided, hey, we're going to just, we're going to send some guys deep and get behind them, and uh, they were able to do that uh, and, and connect with some long passes to Reed and to Eskridge. And, and uh, so we'll, we'll see. I think they really want to run the football behind that offensive line, and they should be able to as the uh, line is so talented. And they've got the backs. Uh, got another freshman in Chase Brown who in his first game as the Bronco did very well on the ground he rushed for uh, 40 yards on four carries so you know on the ground you had uh, Bellamy averaged 10.9 yards a carry Bogan averaged 11.3 yards a carry and Chase Brown averaged 10 yards a carry so uh, that's pretty good production out of those three guys on the ground so I think they want to mix it up they want to be able to run the football and uh and they can also throw the ball intermediate and deep routes and because they have the line that can protect for John Watson. Well, over on the other side of the ball, though, the Broncos' defense lost their top three tacklers from last year, all three starting linebackers, and that probably showed against Syracuse. It was a long night for the D. Talk about what kind of talent they have on that side of the ball, Robin. Yeah, they did lose uh, all three linebackers. All seniors moved on. Two of them are in the National Football League. Sante Brown with the Philadelphia Eagles and um, and then Robert Spillane is with the Tennessee Titans. Caleb Bailey was another senior who was an outstanding player in there too. So from the, um, the, the mid-level of the defense into the secondary, there are a lot of new faces uh, at the corners and at linebacker and in the middle on the defensive line. The defensive ends are experienced with Eric Asua and uh, Antonio Balabani from Macomb, Michigan, and uh, Alex Grace who was a running back in high school that they converted to linebacker. Those guys have played a lot of football. Drake Spears is another uh, player that, that played a lot of snaps, played a lot on special teams and a little bit on defense. But now it's their turn. They're, they're the ones that are out there all the time, and they need to make the plays. And I think they'll adjust as the season moves along. The defensive ends are solid. Uh, it's down there in the trenches where Broncos have to replace some guys and uh, Wesley French did a really good job in his first career start at defensive tackle, and hopefully he'll continue to grow in there. And another young man, Ralph Holly from the Detroit area, played in the down tackle spot. Uh, those two guys uh, played pretty well in their first extensive duty up front for the Broncos on defense. And then in the uh, back end, you lose Darius Phillips to the Cincinnati Bengals and Sam Beal to the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. at the corners, so they have new players back there. Juwan Dowell's made his first start for Western Michigan, a fifth-year transfer from Syracuse, and he did really well. And then uh, Stefan Claiborne's been moved over from safety to corner, and he did a pretty good job out there, too. So uh, I think uh, I think the defense, while they gave up some yards and some points, 
the second half, they adjusted and did a lot better. So hopefully that uh, will continue to improve. They need to shore it up a little bit over there to face a team like Michigan and, uh, and Shea Patterson and uh, that bunch. So it'll be a big, big challenge for them, no doubt. No, you know, when I woke up yesterday morning, the uh, the first thing I saw was Michigan four touchdown uh, favorites against uh, Western, and the Vegas spreads drive me crazy. Uh, and I know <laughs> Mac fans especially know that. Mac teams get no respect uh, nationally, it seems, especially from you know the Vegas people. But if you're realistic and honest and you look at the roster and the talent, not only the Westerns developed over the last seven years, but as you said, the speed and talent on offense, I would fully expect in Western's mind, in Tim Lester's mind, they think they can compete in the big house on Saturday. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, they went to Los Angeles last year and played in the L.A. Coliseum. Now there was a few uh, more experienced players on the field then than there are now, but um, you know that, that was a tight game with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. against the uh, USC Trojans, who were highly rated preseason. Uh, I think they were ranked in the top four going into that season opener with Sam Darnold, the quarterback, and uh, the LA Coliseum was was pretty quiet through most of that game because Western Michigan was uh, had him had him on the ropes, and uh, then in the last four minutes of that fourth quarter, the USC speed kind of took over and they got a couple of turnovers and they ended up uh, winning by a couple of touchdowns but it was a really close game right down to the wire the Broncos went to Northwestern last year beat a really good team or I should say in 2016 beat a really good team same uh, went down to Illinois and blew out the Illini in front of uh, their home fans I mean it wasn't even close Uh, they played Ohio State played in a lot of big venues and so that's not going to intimidate them they played at michigan state last year so they won't be intimidated by any of that now can they match up with the size and strength and the athleticism that a michigan team will bring into this game we'll find out at noon on saturday won't we amen we certainly will last question for you robin before we let you go Um, broncos as you mentioned were six and six last year with just a ton of injuries most of those guys or a lot of them are, are back so it was a, an injury plague year, to say the least, for Coach Lester in his first year. What are the realistic expectations for this team? You know what? I really think that uh, they can compete for a Mid-American Conference championship, and that's really where it's at for the Broncos and their fans, competing for a MAC championship and going to a postseason bowl game, playing in that MAC title game at Ford Field in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to have that opportunity. There are no teams like the 2016 Western Michigan Broncos this year in the Mid-American Conference. Now, there are some really good, talented teams, but nobody like that team. And so I think there's five or six teams that could really uh, jump out and and be at the top when it's all said and done. You've got over on the east side of the MAC, you've got Ohio and uh, Miami. And really the team that I think might be the best over there on the east side of the MAC is uh, Buffalo. And they showed that in their first game. And then over on the west side, you've got Western Michigan, Northern Illinois, and Toledo. Toledo had a big uh, first week performance, put 60 on somebody. (laughs) And and then, uh, you know, Central Michigan thinks they can compete too. And Eastern Michigan as well. So uh, the Mid-American Conference is just so balanced. It could be a number of teams that rise to the top when it's all said and done. Now the nice thing for Western Michigan is they get most of those contending teams at home. So They'll play the Ohio Bobcats, the preseason favorite in the East Division at home. 
they get Toledo and Northern Illinois at home. So uh, playing those games on the home field at Waldo Stadium will benefit Western Michigan. And you know what? I think they, they could very well be the team at the end of the season that's at the at the podium with the hardware. Should be fun, Robin. But our guest today uh, has been Western Michigan Radio play-by-play voice Robin Hook. Robin, always a pleasure to have you on the show, and we look forward to another visit down the road, hopefully. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Quick hits today, no injury updates this week from Jim, so as far as we know, we're pretty healthy for the home opener. Here are some game day notes. We lead the series with the Broncos 6 to zip. The first meeting between these two teams was on October 10, 1917 in Ann Arbor, a 17-13 Michigan win. We last met seven years ago in the Big House on September 3, 2011, a 34-10 Michigan win. Tim Lester is in his second year as head man at Western. The Broncos suffered through 21 season-ending injuries last year and wound up at 6-6. Six and six. They lost in a wild one to Syracuse last weekend in the home opener. They returned eight starters on offense, four on defense. Their last bowl appearance was in 2016, a 24-16 loss to Wisconsin in the Cotton Bowl. They are considered by most to be the favorite in the MAC West this year. Kickoff is scheduled for noon. As of right now, the weatherman says cloudy skies, temps in the low 70s, and a 20% chance of a shower here and there. As always, stay tuned. We know these forecasts can change. Our free show app is available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. You can also hear us on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, Stitcher, and Wolverine Sports Radio. Make sure you tell your Michigan family and friends about the show, and join us each week for the latest news on our Wolverines. Next week, SMU pays a visit to the Big House. It will be only the second time these two programs have met. The one and only time was way back in 1963 here in Ann Arbor. On Tuesday's game day show, my scheduled guest will be Chris Ballas from the Wolverine. On Thursday's Visitor's Edition, we'll be joined by SMU radio voice Rich Phillips. So make sure you join us for both of those shows. Even though our daubers are down, we'll have our game day faces on by noon on Saturday. My heart tells me we're going to see a different Michigan team this week, but my head isn't so sure. Yes, it's Western Michigan, but they are coming to play, and it's time we did too. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Think victory, beat Western. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until next time, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. 
Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!